I'm reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. <clears throat> it's been, uh, the, the narrative has been uh, talking about um, John the Baptist's uh, miraculous conception and his father's disbelief, his father Zechariah. So at this point, um, Zechariah's tongue, the, the baby has been born, little John the Baptist, <clears throat> and uh, Zechariah's tongue has been loosed. And here is what he says. This is Luke 1, starting at verse 67. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham, to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Uh, those of you who were, I've got a uh, correction here on the sermon text, and those of you who were hoping to hear me preach on uh, God taking care of the evildoers in Malachi 1 through 3, 4, 1 through 3, I'm sorry, I won't be preaching on that this morning. Um, but if you were hoping I'd be preaching on part of Luke 1, then this is your morning. Um, we have a we have a, a worship calendar, and and on that worship calendar it says sermon text. So I look at that, and and so I think we got our wires crossed somewhere. But I had uh, Luke one this morning. So let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are the day spring who came from on high to cast out the darkness, to shine a light on us, Lord and to give us the light that we most terribly need as those who have no life without you. Shine that light brightly on our hearts, Lord. Shine the light brightly on our path that we may see clearly a path of peace. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. And so um, I'm only going to focus on about a couple verses of this. Uh, we'll look at about four of them, but focusing on verses 78 and 79. Um, I remember 
during our honeymoon, Christy and I went to the mountains of North Carolina. And um, we like to do a lot of hiking. I remember visiting there once and, and as, as a single guy, and I thought, I want to bring my wife here one day, you know, not knowing who that was going to be. But uh, so I actually, actually had the chance to do that. And uh, we had a great time. We, uh, we loved to hike and loved to be outdoors. We loved exploring the beautiful mountains and the artsy towns in, in that part of North Carolina, Boone and Banner Elk and Grandfather Mountain, which was a part of it that we just loved to hike. And so we spent uh, a good part of a day going on a hike. And um, we were walking for quite a while. We were walking for a number of hours. And as we were out just talking, having a good old time, it was a beautiful day, um, we realized we probably should turn around and start heading back. Uh, this was not a familiar place to us, a familiar trail or anything. And so we turn around, we start coming back. And I don't even know if we had a watch or anything telling, that, telling the time that day. And so we're, we're, we're walking and realizing it's starting to get dark. And so we start walking a little faster and realizing as we, you know, hit some familiar places, we're like, we are far away. So then we start running. And uh, we're running for a while, and, and it was beginning to get dark. See, we had no provisions for spending the night in the woods. Uh, we didn't even have a flashlight. And some of you may be thinking, well, you didn't have a cell phone? Well, I'm not sure we had a cell phone, but if we did, it didn't have a flashlight. Things were different back then. The, the, you know, the cell phones were about this big, and if you got the, the flashlight app, it was, you know, twice the size. So it just wasn't worth carrying around. But, you know, so, so we're out there, and, and I just remember the fear of thinking that we might have to be finding our way around here in the dark. We realized if we got stuck in the woods, we not, might not be able to find our way back. Um, there was a feeling of anxiety, a little bit of a feeling of fear because there were bears in the woods. There's snakes, perhaps bobcats. There are things that we couldn't see. There were cliffs. I mean, we were up in the mountains. So we had this feeling of uncertainty of being somewhere we didn't know, and it wasn't a good feeling. We did make it out, but I remember the anticipation and it's a feeling that no one likes. It's a feeling of uncertainty. It's a feeling of potential danger and darkness in an unfamiliar place. That feeling, that situation of being in the wilderness in the dark is actually the image that that's best describes this portion of Zechariah's song in Luke 1 today in 78 and 79. In fact, one commentator is quoted as saying, the original metaphor here for this passage, this part, uh, let, me, let me read that, that one section there. It says, because of the tender mercy of our God, verse 78, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And speaking of those ones sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death, this commentator writes, the original metaphor here refers to a party of travelers who, before reaching their destination, have been overtaken by the darkness of a pitch black night and are now sitting terrified and powerless and expect at any moment to be overwhelmed and killed by wild beasts or enemies. 
But all at once, a bright light appears to show them the way so that they can reach their destination safely where they enjoy rest and peace. You ever had that feeling? You ever have that feeling of being in the dark, being fearful, not knowing where you are going or of your surroundings because of the darkness? For those sitting or walking in the darkness, there is this feeling of anxious fear. And this is the feeling described by Zechariah for the people of Israel who were looking for their promised Savior. You see, the, the, the anxiety, what's interesting when you think about it, the anxiety that I was feeling at that, on that day, I don't know if Christy was feeling any anxiety at the time or not, but I was. And the anxiety I was feeling really had nothing to do with the present moment. It was more about what might happen. It was all about what I couldn't see, what I didn't understand, what if it did get dark, what could possibly happen? There was the feeling or the anxiety by no control. The darkness that I was anticipating was stealing my peace. And what I was wanting was more light. And any time we're in the darkness and can't see, that's exactly what we want is more light. If you're familiar with the Bible, then you know that the light metaphor is used for God, Jesus, and salvation throughout the Old and New Testaments. Just a quick summary. A few, a few of the key verses are, we, we see the pillar of fire leading the Israelites out through the wilderness. The pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. Isaiah chapter 9, we, I think we read this uh, sometime during, uh, during Advent, or we usually do. Uh, the people sat in darkness have seen a great light, chapter 9. And later in Isaiah, we see that, that Jesus, or, or that there, there is a light of the nations to which the nations will all gather, the Savior. Chapter 60, the nations will come to the light. Chapter 42 of Isaiah, a light for the nations also is mentioned. Revelation, we saw the bright morning star that Kyle just read. James says that, the Father is, that God the Father is the Father of lights. Paul uses the light metaphor quite a bit in his letters. And then what was read by Mike earlier, uh, Malachi 4.2, but for you who fear my name, the Son, S-U-N, the Son of righteousness, will rise with healing in his wings. There is a sense of salvation that it is light, that it is coming, that the Savior is a Savior that is bursting through the darkness with a bright light that we can see to give us eyes to see. John 1, 4, in him, in Christ himself, was life, and the life was the light of man. And Jesus himself calls himself the light of the world in chapter 8. But this text and all the waiting passages are providing the situation in which God's people were in. They were in the hands of the enemy. If you notice the the. Verse 71 and 74 of this same passage in Luke says that we should be saved from our enemies. He's talking about what it is exactly that the light, that the sun of righteousness, that the day spring is rising to save the people from. That we should be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us. That we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve God, might serve him, might serve God without fear. Without fear. What is it that the enemy does? What is the whole picture here of the enemy? Being in the hands of the enemies. The enemy 
that the Israelites are sitting, the darkness in which they're sitting, the enemy's job is keeping them in the darkness. By keeping them in the darkness and stealing the peace that we have when we're in the light. While God's people are waiting, they're anticipating, they don't see what is ahead. They don't see the path of peace. In fact, Isaiah even talks about the people not seeing the path of peace. There's a common enemy we all deal with, an enemy that may not leave us in constant fear and anxiety, but an enemy that steals our overall sense of peace, our overall sense of shalom, that sense of well-being because we know we are in the hands of the Savior. C.S. Lewis in his book, Screwtape Letters, if you're not familiar with that book, it's it's a book about a, a demon talking to his understudy. The demon's name is Wormwood, talking to his understudy Screwtape. And, and he, he, he says this at one point. When he's teaching him how to deceive and pull people away from God, he's saying this. It's funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. It's the work of the enemy of God's people to keep God's people in the darkness of ignorance. To keep God's people from knowing the day spring, from seeing the sun of righteousness rising with healing in its wings. To put a veil over the eyes to not see the bright morning star. Think about the ways the enemy is keeping God's people from the sun of righteousness, the light that brings light to our lives, the light that brings healing to our path, guidance to our path, healing to our bodies and souls. What is it that has you anxious? What is it that keeps you that's distracting you from God's word, from God's wisdom? What is it that's keeping your eyes from looking upon the son of righteousness? Do you feel like one sitting in the darkness? Do you feel like one when everything is quiet, when you're left alone to yourself? Do you feel like one of those that has no peace? Oh, so let's be reminded of what God has done for us. Looking at verses 78 and 79. He says this, Because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Verse 78, because of the tender mercy of our God. So those who are sitting in the darkness and the shadow of death, it is God who had tender mercy on his people. Think about this. He sees them in darkness. He sees them in the darkness of ignorance of not knowing the enemy and not knowing the dangers that befall them. Best illustration I could think of this is at Halloween. I remember years ago at Halloween, seeing my daughter... We, we had a bunch of trick-or-treaters coming to our house. This is when we lived in, in uh, uh, we were still in Nashville, and our kids were very young. And I remember, 
a, uh, a kid was running up to our door to get candy, just excited getting candy, but it had this creepy mask on. And he's running up to our house, and Zoe, I'll call you out, I'm sorry. So, and, and Zoe was about three years old, you know, so sweet. And she was get, handing out candy and saw this kid running her way, and she's freaking out because she thought the demon was coming to get her. And it broke my heart. It broke my heart to see her scared because I knew. Because I knew what that really was. And I wanted to get the mask and just rip it off that kid. And just say, no, look, it's a kid just like you. But what I did, I picked her up and I held her. And tried to calm her down and tried to explain to her. Tried to shine light on the, on the fact that why she was so scared. Tried to explain to her. It's God's tender mercy when he sees his children in the darkness of ignorance, not knowing what's out there, in fear and trembling. It's God's tender mercy that brings the light of the Son of Righteousness upon us. And what does he do with that? It says to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. He's visiting us with his light. He's coming to us with the light, sending the light from heaven, from the place of God himself. The purpose of the light is to provide the ability to see where you are, to see the environment in which we are sitting. Most of our fear when we're sitting in the darkness is not knowing that. Hearing a noise, not knowing what that noise is. But when the lights are on, we can see. And it's the tender mercy of God to send the sun of righteousness upon us, to send the day spring from on high, to provide light for our path. The other thing that it does, he gives light to us, but also guides us. The light shines upon the, the situation of where we are, but then it also shines a light on our path. How does it do that? He does that through his word. He does that through the word of God itself. Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Not only does God give us a light to see our environment, to see our enemy, to see what is going on around us, but he gives us a light to guide our feet, to guide it where? Into the way of peace. The darkness of ignorance keeps us from the path of peace because we can't see where it is. Isaiah talks about us making it a crooked path because we can't see our way. But our Lord, through the light, the light of the world that he came to bring, shines a light on that path that we may have an actual path of peace. Paul says this in Colossians 1. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Through the light that he has brought, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he transferred us to the kingdom of of his beloved son. Through the work of the Savior, through the work of the sunrise from on high, he transferred us from 
the kingdom of darkness, shining the light on, on the path of peace. Here's what I want you to know this morning. That in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of your anxiety, whether that anxiety is about your, your current life, where you are right now, maybe it's about your future, Maybe you're feeling out of control. Maybe you're feeling hopeless. That that is exactly where the enemy wants you. It's exactly where the enemy wants me. To have a sense of hopelessness. To not see what God has provided. To not see what the Savior has done. He said, in this world, we will have tribulation. That's shining a light on our current situation. We're going to have tribulation. But don't allow that to be hopeless because he says, but I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has no power over it. The darkness has no way to overpower the light. And even though it appears that the, that the darkness is winning, even though it appears that the darkness is overcoming, there is no way that the light can be overcome by the darkness. There is peace. It's not the peace that the world gives. It's not the, per, the peace that the world defines. But it's the peace that Jesus gives, a real, deep, soul-resting peace that goes beyond any of our understanding and it's found in the day spring himself it's found in jesus because he shines a real light on the truth on the path that leads to real peace it enters that peace enters this life but it doesn't always make the journey or the path less difficult however the light of the day spring guides us with the truth one last thing that paul says to remind us of this that peace is rooted in our relationship with God. The path of peace leads to the Savior himself. And Paul says that since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, I want to pray for us all this morning no matter where you are in your anxiety, in your fears, in your hopelessness, that the sun of righteousness would rise. That the day spring from on high would be your light this morning. That it would be our light. And that we would go forward through this Advent season, through next year, with hope, knowing that God has us through the work of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your, for your word. And Jesus, I thank you that it is your light that brings peace. It is your light that shines the, the, the path of righteousness and the path that leads to peace. Oh, Lord, help us. Help us that we may seek your word, that we may seek the light of your righteousness, and that we may follow the path. And, Lord, that we would have and experience the real peace that you have to offer. Restore our hope. Restore our peace. It's in Christ's name, amen.